you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I told you earlier that uh, with Thanksgiving over, and we've, we've come through that this past week on Thursday, that all of our attention now is, is focused toward Christmas. Matter of fact, uh, Christmas stuff started being put in the store even before Halloween. And uh, so everybody has their attention and their focus toward Christmas, especially uh, this time of year. I want to speak to you briefly this morning and, and on this thought uh, concerning this season that we're in. What will you be waiting for? What will you be waiting for? You know, during the season, kids have a, have a hard time waiting for Christmas. Matter of fact, there's even some adults that has a hard time waiting for Christmas Day to get here. And uh, I, I thought these couple little letters from, uh, from some, some children to Santa Claus was cute. One of them said this, Santa Claus, when you come to my house, there'll be cookies for you. But if you're real hungry, you can use our phone and order pizza. <laughs> the other one came from a little four-year-old, little guy that says this, Santa Claus, I'll take anything for Christmas because I really haven't been that good. <laughs> so he, he, wasn't, he didn't care, just anything. Christmas has, has often been associated with, with waiting. And I uh, appreciate Sister Michelle then for singing that song this morning about waiting on the Lord. I remember one Christmas very vividly when we was growing up that uh, we was down and at, uh, lived a little, little house on Shakur. It was a Jim Walters home, a little three-bedroom Jim Walters home that built off the ground. And uh, Sister Sue, when we was waiting one Christmas, Dad told us kids, said Lynn was very little, and uh, told us kids, said, you go in the back bedroom and I'm going to wait for Santa Claus to come. And when I call your name, you kids run out of here very quick because, you know, he doesn't stay very long and you can see Santa Claus. And so, boy, that got us excited. And we got in that back bedroom and, and it seemed like it was just an eternity waiting on Dad to call us, you know. And you know, we didn't know what was going on, but he was getting it all set up, you know. And he was waiting on us to come out there, and he, all of a sudden he called, he called for us kids to come, and we come running out only to discover the footprints, Santa Claus' footprints was in the kitchen going out the back door, and he said, come out here, look, you can see him flying away in his sleigh. And we ran out there, and we looked, and we strained. We didn't see him, but we knew that he was there. And we, we, figured, we just figured and assumed that he had just you know, zipped on out because he had other places in the world that he had to go. But we was waiting for Santa Claus to show up. Well, this morning, <coughs> I want to talk to you about what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for this Christmas? Are you longing for anything? What are you expecting to receive? Now, when you think about it, don't, don't lose me this morning, all right? Get your mind off the Christmas tree. Get your mind off the gifts, all right? What are you waiting for? What are you longing for? What are you expecting to receive this season? Are you, are you looking forward to, to, to anything special during this season? In the Gospel of Luke, we come across two characters that I want to talk about this morning. If you've got your Bibles in Luke chapter 2, verse 22. Luke chapter 2, verse 22. The Bible says, Now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed... They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Talking about of Joseph and Mary and Jesus. They brought Jesus to the temple to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what it said in the law of the Lord, a pair of two turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. 
And this man was a just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the, when the, when the parents brought in the Christ Jesus, or the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled, everybody say marveled, at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the, thoughts of, uh, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. Now there was also Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phinehas, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple. Listen to this. But serve God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. These two characters here in the book of Luke, Simeon and a woman by the name of Anna. They, they don't appear in any nativity scene that you'll see. They don't appear in many Christmas cards. Matter of fact, I've never saw a Christmas card that had Simeon and Anna on the Christmas card. But these two individuals were waiting for somebody. They were waiting for the Messiah. They were waiting for the consolation of Israel. Luke uses the Greek word of anticipation that, that simply identifies them as waiting with an expectation, all right, for this coming Messiah, this, this coming Savior. It literally meant that they were alert to His appearance. Now, I want you to notice that, that terminology this morning. They were waiting with an expectation. They were alert to His appearance. In other words, they were ready to welcome Him. They didn't have to go home and get dressed. They didn't have anything else to do. They were simply waiting and they were ready to welcome the Messiah. And we see this word here in Luke chapter 2 verse 25 in reference to Simeon when we read that he was waiting. And then also in verse 38 when, when, when we talked about Anna that she was looking forward to this coming here. First of all this morning I want to talk to you about Simeon who, was, who the Bible said was waiting for consolation. In other words he was waiting for comfort. How many knows that all throughout history, God always has a man? He always has a man to stand in the gap. There's always somebody there that God can count on that's going to be there for something great and something big that's fixing to happen. And Simeon was this, was this man. After the circumcision of, of baby Jesus, Mary 
presented herself and, and Joseph and this, this Christ child in the temple. And, and it just so happened that Simeon was there in the temple as well. Matter of fact, when you look at Simeon, his name simply means that he was listening. He was waiting for God to speak. He was a, he was a remarkable person. He was a person that, was, that the Bible said was filled with the Holy Spirit. Simeon was a holy man. He was a devout man. He was in Jerusalem. He was a just man waiting, the Bible says, for the consolation of Israel. Every person that knew Simeon knew this guy. He has an upright behavior and his dedication for the Lord because he'd been around for a long time. you got to go back in history a little bit and understand that things was not going very well for the nation of Israel during this time. Matter of fact, they have not heard from God in many, many years. They were under the Roman rule during this time. They had lost their political independence and, and they were living in fear every day of the, of the crafty and, and cruel king of that day who was King Herod. And, and many was even wondering if, if the Messiah would ever come. But in verse 26, it tells us that Simeon had good reason for his hope and good reason for his expectation, good reason for his anticipation because the Bible said that it had been revealed to him that he would not die until he saw the consolation of Israel. And this expectation focused on the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ that he would bring. And among the Jews of that day, of Simeon's day, one of the most popular titles for the, for the Messiah of that day was a, was, a, was a title by the name of Comforter. He was going to be our Comforter. And like many of the Christian songs that we even sing today, the, the Christmas carols and all of those things, the songs talked about a longing for the Messiah that he would come and he would bring comfort to everybody that was alive of that time. Now when you think about this, every one of us we struggle from time to time. We struggle with loneliness. We struggle with emptiness. We struggle with insecurity. We struggle with desperation. In fact, the Christmas season, they tell us, is one of the most dreadful seasons of, of people that's going through depression and, and loneliness and all of those things. It's, it's has, it has a higher rate of suicide than any other time of the year. But the Holy Spirit told Simeon and prompted Simeon to go to the temple courts at just the right moment, on just the right day, that Mary and Joseph just happened to be there and bring their infant and Simeon be, looked at the baby Jesus who as they say was about around six weeks old of that time and he knew that God's promise had been kept. There he was Emmanuel God with us to make everything okay, to make everything alright and his presence he, his presence just eliminated fear and just eliminated rejection and loneliness and can I tell you this morning pathway that every time the Lord Jesus Christ shows up in your life as well it eliminates all the fear it eliminates all the depression it eliminates all the struggles that you have you find yourself in because we know in the Lord Jesus Christ there is an answer there is a solution to everything that we face today hallelujah we know it comes in Jesus but Simeon here done a strange thing when he saw this Christ child done an unpredictable thing now, when we think about it, ladies and moms especially, you've got your little baby and, and you're going out to Walmart or you're going shopping this Christmas season. You're in a mall and you don't know anybody in the mall except you and that child. And maybe your husband is with you. And you walk into this store and this old man comes up, looks at your baby and snatches him from your arms. How are you going to act? How are you going to react? Some of you will pull your piece. Some of you are going to slap that old man. 
Some of y'all are not going to understand what's going to go on. Simeon done an unpredictable thing. He did just exactly that. He come and he took up the child. He lifted the child in his arms. He embraced the Savior. He lifted the Savior up. Can I tell you that God's Spirit will always elevate you as you worship and as you give God praise. And he said this, he said, later on, we know the Lord even said this, he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Amen. Matter of fact, Paul in Philippians said that God has given him a new name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. But this old man on that day, he understood by the reins who he had in his arms. It was the Messiah. It was the Christ child and he took him from Mary's arm and lifted it up and blessed the Lord the Bible says that Martha uh, that Mary and Joseph marveled at these things they thought about these things matter of fact Simeon blessed God in verse 28 he broke out in a song probably of Psalms 105 verses 1 and 3 that says oh give thanks to the Lord Call on his name. Make known his deeds among the people. Sing to him. Sing psalms unto him. Tell of all of his wondrous works. Glory in God's holy name. Let the hearts of those who rejoice, who seek in the Lord, let their hearts rejoice. You and I, if we don't do anything else this Christmas season, our hearts needs to rejoice because when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, he's not coming back as a little baby in a manger. He's coming back with healing in his wings. He's coming back with fire. He's coming back with power. He's coming back after a resurrected church. Hallelujah. And I hope you're looking for him. There's another character in the Bible by the name of Anna. Anna was waiting for a different reason. Simeon was there waiting for the consolation, waiting for comfort. But, but Anna was there, the Bible says, that was waiting on forgiveness. The Bible says she'd been there a long time, serving day and night with fastings and prayers. After her husband died, she, she stayed in the temple. She never left the temple. Matter of fact, in that day, if they would have a, a, a year-long Bible reading program, she could have took the slots every all 365 days. Because she was there reading the word. Which gives me another idea this morning. Let me ask you one more time. How many of you still on track with your Bible reading all throughout the year? Amen. Give yourselves a hand. Amen. Hallelujah. How many's behind? Get caught up. You got 20 something days. 30 days. I don't know. But Anna was there. She was looking forward to the same person. But for a different reason. Instead of looking for comfort, she was looking for forgiveness. Look here in verse 38 with me. Coming up to, the, to them at the very moment, the Bible said, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. This word redemption is related to the idea of captivity, the Old Testament Passover, and the release of Israel from Egyptian slavery stood in the day of Anna as the ultimate redemption, as a, as a symbol of God's power to release captivity. Ultimately, this Passover pointed ahead to the day when God would provide deliverance from the slavery of sin. Hallelujah. And aren't you thankful today that Jesus Christ died on the cross? He shed his blood so that you you and I might have life today and might have it more abundantly. We're free today from the, from the, from the slavery of sin. We've been free today and set on a, on a path that we can follow through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 
When Anna saw Jesus, she gave thanks. Matter of fact, the Bible says she gave thanks and she told everybody she could about what she did, about who she saw, about this Messiah. Can I tell you today, church, that Jesus provides what we need? I want to say that one more time. He provides what we need. The reason I want to say it twice is because there's some of you under the sound of my voice today that you're in desperate need today. You're in desperate need of a, maybe a financial situation. Maybe a family situation, a crisis. Maybe other things that you're walking through or going through that you think that nobody else knows about. The Lord knows exactly what you need today. Amen. When Jesus came, he provided the very things that Simeon and Anna were waiting for. He came to give comfort. He came to give forgiveness. Let me, let me ask you a question this morning. What are you waiting for this season? Whatever it is, the Lord Jesus Christ can give it to you. Amen. How many of you this morning can identify with Simeon? Some of you may be hurting right now. You feel lonely. You feel empty. You feel afraid. You feel maxed out. You feel like that you just, if you just don't get out of here, and I'm talking about the situation that you're in, you don't know what's going to happen. You need a fresh sense of God's presence. If that is true about you, then you're in the right place to receive a fresh anointing and a fresh touch of Almighty God. God, let the past be in the past. Go forward in the future. You can't do nothing in the past. God has you walking forward, not backwards. That's good preaching right there. Some of you need to take home, take that home with you. Amen. What are you talking about, Pastor? Some of you got stuff, you got unforgiveness in your heart that you've had for years. This is supposed to be Christmas season, Pastor. I'm trying to help you make it better. Get rid of your unforgiveness. Amen. I don't care what the other person does. Get rid of it because it's doing you no good. Be free today in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Be free today. Some of you have been suffering for, for, for some things for a long time. You've got, you've got family members that has hurt you deeply. And you've been carrying that weight around. You've been carrying that guilt around. Get rid of it this morning. Amen. Some things you've been walking with and you've been carrying it. It's, it's so heavy upon you. The Lord is trying to tell us he provides exactly what we need. He says to give him your burdens. Give it to him because his burden is easy. His burden is light. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Brother Raines, come up here real quick. I hope I don't hurt myself this morning. This, Lord, just put this in my spirit. You about, well, you're just a little taller than I am. Grab, grab a hold of me. Now hold on, brother, because if I fall, let go. <laughs> I've got, I've got this weight that I'm carrying, and I'm telling you, it's heavy. <laughs> Brother Rain's was full of muscle, and I'm trying to make it every day. But I'm taking one more step because I know God eventually is going to take care of me. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to get through today, but I'm taking another step in faith, believing, because I know sooner or later. Hallelujah. God is going to be, release me from this heavy burden, this heavy sin, this burden that I've been carrying. Hallelujah. Thank you, brother. Now, we laugh at that a lot, but I want you to understand something. That's exactly how we feel in our spirits. We're weighted down, and we feel like we can't go any farther. I'm telling you, there's moments that I go to the mall, and we've been there for a long time. 
And I've reached the point, I've got to get out of here. I can't stand it no more. Any guy ever been there? Any woman ever been there? I, I got to go. There's, I don't know what it is. I, I, I don't have a name for it. But there's something that clicks inside of me. And I tell Karen, I said, Karen, I've got to get out of here. If I don't get out of here. That's the best way I, I know to, to, to give you an example of the sense of, of the weight and the stuff that we carry every day. And we feel like at times. Nobody else knows what we're going through, but in, our, in the secret place of our home, we break down. In the secret place of our prayer closet, we break down. And we cry out to God to relieve us. God, you've got to help me. You know what I'm talking about because you've been there. You've got to deliver me. You've got to get this off of me. I'll tell you, there's nothing better than coming to an old-fashioned altar and allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to take that burden off of you. You talking about being able to, whoo, I can jump now. I couldn't have jumped with Brother Rains on me. I can barely walk. But now, man, I can jump. I can skip. Oh, yeah, because of the burden that's been lifted. Very quickly, there's three things here I want to point out to you that the Scripture tells us about. A while ago, I had you say the word marvel or say marvel or marvel. The first thing we've got, to, we've got to do, we've got to become a marveler. I don't know if that's a, a, a right word or not, but today it's a word. We've got to become a marveler. What are you talking about, Pastor? When Joseph and Mary tried to process everything, put, put yourself in their shoes. When they tried to process everything that was going out, the Bible says that they marveled. They marveled at what was being said about Jesus, about their son. They marveled at, at what Simeon was saying. They marveled at what Anna, the prophetess, was saying. They marveled at the things that was going on. I mean, just think back just a few short days ago, they, the, Jesus was born, and all of a sudden these, these, these wise men came, and they brought him gifts, and, and everything took place in the heavens, and, and angels were singing, and all of these things. They marveled at these things. They didn't understand what was going on. Let me ask you this morning. Instead of being marveled, at what's under the tree, are you being marveled at the Christ that's in your life? Become a marveler. Become a marveler. The second thing you've got to do, the Bible says in verse 27, it says that they were moved by the Spirit. Talking about Simeon, he was moved by the Spirit. He went to the temple courts. If you go on down to verse 38, talking about Anna, it says, coming up to them at the very moment she gave thanks to God. We've got to become a marveler. But the second thing is, many of us, you need to hear this, write this down. You need to become a mover. Oh, yeah. You got to move. Look at your neighbor and say, you got to move. When God speaks, move. When God speaks those things into your heart and prompts you about certain things, move on it. Put your feet, put, put, put action to those things. Get your feet to moving. You've got to become a mover. Amen. Simeon and Anna were their movers. God spoke to them. They moved. How did they do that? Because they understood the voice of God. Amen. They knew. In Luke chapter 2, verse 38, Mary was ready, was ready to move when the angel said, may it, be to, may it be to me as you have said. In other words, I don't understand what's going on, but Lord, I'm going to listen to you. 
I don't understand, but I'm listening to you. In Matthew, Joseph demonstrated that he was a mover when he woke up from his dream and he did what the angel of the Lord commanded and he took Mary to be his wife. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd have a little problem with that. I don't have, I don't have time to go back and, and get the story. You know what I'm talking about, right? And all the, 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 the circumstances around that. But he moved by listening to the voice of the Lord. In Luke chapter 2, the shepherds were movers as well when they said, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. Amen. The wise men, they were movers when they saw the star. They didn't know where they were going, but they knew something was out there. And they moved out of their comfort zone to find the king of Christmas. Amen. We'll tell you something, Pathway. We'll tell you something, Mom and Dad. When God prompts you to do something, then you need to do it. Amen. It, it might mean salvation for some of you. It might mean a full surrender for, uh, for others of you. It may, it may mean that the Spirit wants you to be more involved in serving people. Are you willing to move? Don't procrastinate when God prompts you to do something. If you do, you may simply miss out on a miracle this Christmas season if you don't do it. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I want all the miracles I can get. Well, that's a little selfish, aren't you, Pastor? So be it. <laughs> I want my miracles. I'm struck. And uh, I thought about this in verse 34 when Simeon took, when he, or when he told Mary, he said it must, you know, when, what he told her, it must have, it must have startled her. It must have taken her breath away when, when he said this child is destined to, to, to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And to be a sign that will be spoken against. Now when you think about that, that's not really a joyful Christmas greeting, is it? It's not. What was he saying? This is basically what he's saying. He's saying that, that Christmas will never be merry. You'll never have a happy new year until people get moving and surrender their lives to this child. Now there's a whole history there. That we could go over concerning the nation of that day. It's not, a, it's not a joyful Christmas greeting. But the truth about it is this. Christmas splits people into two parties. Into two camps. Since Jesus has entered the world. Here's the thing. He's divided the human race. Jesus will cause the falling. He'll cause the rising of many. Simeon said. And because of who Jesus is, and because of what the Lord can do, He forces people, just like you'll be forced this morning, to make a decision about Christ. I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not saying that in a negative way. It's your decision. But you will be forced to decide this morning. The Bible uses powerful imagery and pictures this morning. Jesus is either a rock that you can build your life upon, or He's a rock that will cause you to stumble. Amen. Think about it. Jesus is calling every one of us, every one of us, to a moral decision today. Based upon my willingness and your willingness to move and respond, we'll either rise or we'll fall. We'll rise or we'll fall. Here's the thing. If you don't hear nothing else this morning, then write this down. You cannot stay neutral about the Lord. Can't do it. You cannot stay neutral. About Jesus. You're either going to be for him or you're going to be against him. You're either going to be moving closer to him or you're going to be moving farther away from him. You're either going to have the son, S-O-N, or you're not going to have the son. Either way. The third thing is this. 
Not only do you need to be a marveler, not only do you need to be a mover, but as we, be, as we become those, those marvel marvelers, then if we do that, we can't help but move because we're going to listen to the voice of God. But the final step is this. In verse 38, the Bible says that Anna gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. What did that mean, Pastor? She became a messenger of Christ. She became a messenger. How many of you have family and friends this morning that, who, who, who have been caught up in all kinds of things? They're caught up in all kinds of situations. Maybe their anticipation and, and longings really represent an inner presence or an inner search for comfort. They tried, every, they tried everything. I've had people in my office and, and they tell me their story. And Brother Reigns, I'll tell them, I said, well, have you tried Christ? I mean, you've tried everything else. Have you tried the Lord? No. And what they need, they've not even tried. They've tried everywhere else. God wants every one of us to become messengers this morning of the Christmas story. Let me, let me, let me close this morning. As you and I become marvelers, the wonder of Christmas should astonish us when we really think about it. I mean, we've got to the place now in our Christmas season, it's all about the, the, the bows and the wrappings and the festive, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not trying to down Christmas. There's nothing wrong with spending time with family and giving gifts. Nothing wrong with that. But if that becomes your idol, if that becomes the, all Christmas is, then you're missing the whole point of Christmas. It should astonish us. And as we become movers, our needs for comfort and forgiveness will be met. All those things will be met. And we take our role as messengers seriously everywhere that we go. Every person that we're in line with, we're going to talk to them about the message of Christmas. About the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do we do that, Pastor? So they, in turn, can understand and know who the Lord is and how He's blessed us. And finally, when you really think about it, Christmas should be a marvelous, moving message that we can take everywhere that we go, everywhere that we go. I was blessed the other night. I won't say blessed because I don't need to say the other word, you know, being bored and all that kind of stuff. But Karen and them was at Walmart in Waynesboro, and they were there. They got there at the, on Thanksgiving night at 6 o'clock. I really think that, that she... That, some of, that her and some of those others, they sort of snookered me and Adam a little bit. Because we were supposed to drop a, a little girl off, drop Catherine off, and we were supposed to head back to the house because I wasn't about to go in Walmart. But as I got there, I get this phone call that says, can you come in and get all the stuff that we bought and put in your Jeep? Well, I didn't want to, to be honest with you, but that's your wife asking you, so I had to do that. You have to pick your battles. Pick them. I didn't pick that one. So, Brother Dwayne, I, I went and we, we, packed, we packed that Jeep down. But while, after we packed this Jeep down, Karen and Abby were standing in line to get something. I don't even know what it was. And so they said, would you and Adam come and take our place in line? I was not a marveler at that time. I, I, I became a mover, but I was not a marveler. So we moved inside and we took their place in between all these women. I had my hunting clothes on. Adam had some hunting clothes on. I stunk, but I jumped right up in the line with them. Karen and them, they took off somewhere else. And we waited there for about 30, 45 minutes. Now, while we were there, how can I say this, Lord? 
Yeah, I need to be careful. <laughs> because shopping at the end of Thanksgiving Day and, and the Black Friday, people can be crazy. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, they really can. They can be strange. And they'll, they'll act like they know, they've known you for, for years. And we're in line with these women, and, and Adam is holding these, this, these packages and sheets or whatever, and I was holding some, and, and, and Adam was looking, I wonder if Mom got me this, because I needed this. I asked for this, and this little something, I don't know what it was. And every time he would say something, these women behind us would hit us on the arm and tell us, quit looking at your Christmas presents. Now, one thing, I don't know you, lady. You have no business hitting me. I don't know you. I'm not, I don't even know your first name. And, but, but she knew me, apparently, because Karen and Abby had been talking that they're from Arkansas and all of that because she made a statement, ain't this just great? You come from Arkansas and you're having to stand in line at Walmart. Don't y'all have a Walmart in Arkansas? I said, yeah, but I don't like going there either. But we're standing in line. We become movers. But while we're in line, it was an opportunity to become messengers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Did I want to be there? No. Did I want to leave? Yes. Did I want to get back in the woods? Yes. But I was there in line, stuck between women. That's not a bad thing now. But these women were weird. And they would hit you and they would say thanks to you. And Marilyn and I had to use this opportunity to tell them about the Lord. I figured they needed to know. They needed to know. Especially this season. What I'm, the point I want to make to you this morning is, church, that no matter where we're at, God gives us opportunities to speak of his goodness. And to speak of his blessing. Amen. And we are truly blessed today. Amen. I want the musicians to come. And I want to finish this message this morning by telling you this little story. This is a story that probably you've heard before. But it, but it so completes uh, what, what I'm trying to, to tell you this morning. It goes like this. Many years ago. And if Sister Michelle, if you just play softly. If you don't mind. Many years ago there was a very wealthy man. Who shared a passion for art. And uh, he shared this passion with his son. That was something that they did together. They collected art. And, and like I said, many of you may know this story. They had priceless works of, of uh, Picasso and, and all these other famous, famous painters and all of that in, this, in their family estate. They were wealthy people. As winter approached, the, uh, the, the uh, war took, a, took a, a, a change for the worse. And, and this young man left to go and, and, and fight for his country. Only a few short weeks after he had left, he received a telegram that his son had died. And it devastated this father. He was lonely. He was, he was facing the upcoming holidays and all of this. And looking forward to spending time with his son and, and buying art and all that kind of stuff. It just, it just left. On Christmas morning, there was a knock that came at his door. And this, this old depressed man woke up and went to the front door. And he, uh, he uh, unlocked the door. And, as he, and he, as, as he opened the door, he was greeted by this soldier with a, large pack, with a large package in his hands. And he said to this father, he said, I was a friend of your son. He said, I was the one that, that, that I, I'm the one that rescued him when, when he got shot. He later died, but I'm the one that rescued him. And the guy asked the father, can I come in for a few moments? I've got something to show you. The old man let the soldier in. The soldier mentioned that he was an artist. And he gave the old man the package that he had brought. And, and the old man opened up this package. And it was a portrait of his son that this man, his friend, had painted for his father. Though the, though the world would, would never consider it probably a work of art. But to this old man, it became a priceless piece of art. It became a priceless 
piece of art. Overcome with emotion, he hung it. He hung it on the fireplace. He pushed aside millions of dollars worth of, of famous paintings of Picasso and all these other famous art. He pushed aside all of those things and he hung that portrait of his son over that mantle. The painting of his son through the years after that became, they said, one of his most, the most prized possessions. Most prized possessions of painting that he had in his house. The following spring, the old man dies. The art world waited with anticipation for upcoming auctions because they knew they were going to sell everything in the estate. The day arrived when they was going to have the auction. Art collectors from around the world, they said, gathered at this old man's place to look at some of the most spectacular paintings. Dreams would be fulfilled that day when, when this art projects and these artworks would be, be able to be bought and purchased. The auction began with a painting that was not, any, was not on anybody's museum list. It was a painting of the man's son. The auctioneer held that painting up and asked for an opening bid, but the room was silent. Who will open the bidding for $100, the auctioneer said. Nobody spoke. Finally, somebody said, who cares about that painting? It's just a picture of his son. Let's move on to the real good stuff. The auctioneer responded. He said, no, we're not moving on until we sell this painting first. Now, who's going to take it? Finally, a neighbor of the old man for many years offered $10 for the portrait of his son. That's all I have, $10. Going once, going twice, sold. The the painting of his son. The gavel fell. Cheers filled the room. Somebody exclaimed, now we can move on to the greatest treasures that we've ever seen. Story goes, the auctioneer looked at the room filled with people And he announced that the auction was over. Everybody was stunned. Everybody was was mad. Somebody said, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come here of a painting for somebody's son. There's millions of dollars worth of art here. What is going on? This is what we came for. The auctioneer said it's very simple. According to the will of the Father. Don't miss the point here. Whoever takes the son takes it all. Hallelujah. When you think about that, the message is the same this Christmas. Because of the Father's love, whoever takes the Son gets it all. Gets it all. What are you waiting for this Christmas? What are you searching for this Christmas? What are you anticipating to receive and benefit from this holiday season. If it's ham and dressing and whatever your favorite Christmas dish is, then you're missing the whole point. If you're, if you're hoping to get that iPad or that iPhone 5S or whatever, the newest, the newest gadgets that's out, if you're hoping that all you're going to score with all of those things, then you're missing the whole point about Christmas and about the meaning of Christmas. Because the truth is, whoever takes the Son, takes it all. No, you may not have the iPad, but you're going to have so much more than that iPad. You may not have those millions of dollars worth of art hanging on your wall, but you're going to have so much more. You're going to have a life, and you're going to have it more abundantly. With all heads bowed and eyes closed, very quickly, 
I want to ask you a question this morning, church. What are you waiting for? There are some of you that are here this morning. You've been in church for many weeks, but you've not yet moved when God has said move. You've not become a marveler at the Lord and what He can offer you. And because of that, you've not become a messenger and and taking the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to everybody that you're around. You've 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 not become a messenger. But the Lord is here today. He's here this morning to offer you another opportunity to give your heart to Jesus today. What are you waiting for? What's holding you up from making that decision? What is, what is the deciding factor for you for not surrendering your heart to the Lord today? What is it? What is it? Call it in your mind. Call that name in your mind. And when you call it there in your mind, then ask yourself a question. Is it worth eternity? Is it worth eternity? Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray that you touch every person here today. Holy Spirit, I pray that you draw them. I pray that you speak to hearts right now. As Simeon picked up the Christ child and he understood what he had in his hands, God, let us today as well understand what's before us. We have the opportunity today to accept the Son. The Son that gives us life. The Son that gives us freedom. The Son that takes all of our struggles away. The Son that watches over us day and night. Let us understand what's in our hands today. God, let us be astonished as Anna was as she blessed the Christ child because his His presence represented forgiveness for her. Him being there represented a forgiveness of Israel. A healing for the nation. God, today, Jesus represents so many things of that for us. A healing. A forgiveness. And I pray that people can make that decision today. In the name of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Very quickly. I don't want to embarrass you this morning. But I don't want to leave this this house today without asking you have you made everything okay between you and God you say pastor if there's anything I want to do this Christmas season I want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior I want to do it today if that's you would you just lift up your hand and hold it just for a minute so I can see nobody else is looking around if that's you I want to accept the Lord today don't be embarrassed don't let the person that you're sitting beside stop you I'm going to tell you it be the best gift that you'll ever receive this Christmas season if that's you I want to receive the Lord today. Lift up your hands and put it right back down. I've done some things I shouldn't be doing. I've strayed away. I'll tell you something, church. You may have been saved at an early age, but that don't mean you're saved right now. You could have walked away from the Lord. You could have walked away from His presence. You need to do, some of you need to do your first work over again. I need to accept Jesus as my Savior. If that's you, put your hand right up and put it right back down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father prayer team, Sister Ruth, if you get your prayer teams to come very quickly, and then we're going to close. I want to close this way. 
If you're here this morning, if you're sick in body and you need somebody to pray with you, I want you to come in just a moment. But at the same time while these are coming, if you're here today, you lifted up your hand, you need somebody to pray with you, then I want you to find one of these people up here this morning. Go to them. Karen, I want you to come right over here as well. I want to meet you down there. We want to meet you in this altar this morning. We're not going to prolong the altar service, but I want to give you opportunity this morning to get things taken care of that you need to get taken care of. If you can be back tonight at 6 o'clock, we'll be, we'll be in service again. And God will bless us and anoint us again. You'll be back at 6. But this morning, I want to ask you to stand all over this house. And if you're here today and you need the Lord in your life, you need somebody to, to pray over you with, that you're sick or you're facing an issue, that you, just, that you just need some answers from God, then I want you to come as well as they get ready to sing for us a little bit. Would you come in the name of Jesus?